Well, thanks so much for joining us here on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagonblast. You've probably seen their work as you've walked around town. They are the Cranford Yarnstormers, and they have decorated places like the gazebo and other locations from time to time. I'm joined today on Cranford Radio by Teresa Murray. She is the founder and yarn boss of the Cranford Yarnstormers. Teresa, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thanks for having me, Bernie. I said that you are the founder, so there's no better person to ask than how did the Yarnstormers get started? <laughs> well, it started in the spring of 2020 when everyone was home and locked down with COVID quarantines. And, uh, you know, it was a nerve wracking time. And I was unable to really focus on any of my knitting projects, you know, that I wanted to do. So I was looking for some simple things to work on to keep myself busy. And I ultimately decided to yarn bomb my front porch. Mm-hmm. I didn't start off like that. I created, um, I was inspired actually, if you remember, a lot of the little kids in town were putting rainbows in their windows mm-hmm. at the time. So I knitted uh, strips of rainbow colors and I attached them to my front porch. That was my first inspiration. So that was fun. So then every couple of weeks, I started adding one or two more pieces till the whole porch was yarn bombed. And it was just a way to spread joy in the neighborhood because everyone was out walking and, um, you know, gave people a destination or something to look at. So, and it kept me busy. It was fun. At that point, I, I had always been intrigued by the idea of yarn bombing, but I hadn't done any of it. But I thought it would be fun to bring the concept to downtown since, you know, everyone was looking for things to do and we couldn't go anywhere or do much of anything. So I reached out to all of my knitting friends in Cranford. Many of them I taught myself. I teach beginner knitting at the rec center. So I reached out to everyone I knew who crocheted or knit and I asked them if they'd be interested. And I put together a project. I got permission from downtown Cranford to um, put it up. Our first Knit in Public Day, it's actually a thing, International Knit in Public Day was our goal to have something up. So that's what we did. I don't remember what we did for the theme. I think I gave everyone a theme and I told them really just to do whatever they wanted. You know, Mm -hmm. I gave them different spots. Everyone picked a spot where they were going to hang their piece so that they could fit it to that piece. And they were allowed to create a piece that they wanted to bring joy and fun. It could be just a solid piece, multicolor, could have a theme to it. It was very well received. It was a lot of fun. We kept it up for a few weeks and it was great. And we just kind of went from there. The next thing we did after that was the scarecrow stroll. (laughs) A lot of the projects are driven because I have a crazy idea and... I have a really great team of people that get excited. So it's, it's tricky. I have to, I come up with an idea and then I got to figure out how to put it together and how to have everyone be a part of it. Some are more skilled, some are more beginners, but I like everyone who wants to be involved, have a chance to do something for a project. So we have some simple parts and some more complicated parts. So we kind of went from there and then we started coming up with ideas and the love storm was simply born out of me thinking the gazebo is kind of boring. It'd be really fun if we could put something on there. And Mm -hmm. I had the idea for hearts. We had no idea how we were going to pull that off, 
But once I brought the idea to some of the other ladies, they liked it. And we came up with a way to hang them all. And it was one of the other yarn stormers that thought it'd be fun to have messages on it. I really didn't want to do that because it just seemed way too complicated after knitting 200 hearts. (laughs) (laughs) But I gave the project to a couple of ladies who took it and ran with it and we turned it into a fundraiser and we gave all the money we raised to Cranford Family Care that year and we had a food drive on the same day. And so we've done it now for three years in a row. We give the funds that we raise to different organizations every year. It's been great. And so when I have an idea for a project, then I just put it out and whoever wants to participate can. And if they need to sit one out because they're busy, we all have lives, they can do that too. You talked about how you raise funds. Tell me a little bit more about the fundraising part because everyone sees, of course, the hearts, for instance, that decorated the gazebo. How do you raise money through that? For the Love Storm, we sell, people can put personal messages attached to the heart. So we sold those We're not trying to raise money for ourselves because we use all our own time, all our own yarn. We just thought it would be nice to give back to the community. It was fun to just do a project to give back and it was so well received. And because we wanted, some of the ladies wanted to do the messages, we said, well, let's see if we can sell them and then we'll just give the money away. Mm -hmm. So that's how that started. You mentioned you reached out to your friends who, knit or crocheted. For someone who doesn't know the difference, tell me what is the difference between crocheting and knitting? Thank you for asking. So many people don't know the difference. Knitting is done with two needles and all of the loops are attached together. So you can't simply pull it out where crocheting is done with a hook and each one is an individual knot. They're both great for different reasons. I have yet to learn crochet. I do hope to at some point, but I still feel like I always have so much more I want to learn in knitting that I haven't taken the plunge into crochet yet. But (laughs) I have very talented crocheters and knitters on my team. And the crocheters are amazing because they can do things that knitting can't necessarily do with different shapes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's been fun. So it's nice to bring it all together as I tell them all they're fiber artists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When we started, they're like, but I don't really know how to knit. I'm like, no, you're a fiber artist now. We are creating art for the town and sharing it with everyone. Let me ask about you. When did you first learn to knit? Was it something that your mom taught you or was it someone else? I first learned to knit. I don't know how old I was. My One of my aunts taught me and she only taught me the basics And I don't really remember a lot. It's not an aunt that I saw very frequently, but at some point she taught me the basics and it never left me. And I never did a lot with it. Like every few years I would say, oh, I want to start knitting again. And I always remember muscle memory is very strong. I always remembered the basics of it. And it wasn't until about 10 years ago that... I decided I really wanted to be better and I wanted to improve and and learn more skills. So I took it upon myself to just start doing just that piece by piece. Every project, I learned one new skill, one new stitch, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still on that journey, 
I have to pause it a lot because I have projects I need to finish and things that need to get done. And I don't always, but if I can work on something that has something new that I haven't done before, then, you know, I always appreciate that. You talked about obviously what you've done at the gazebo. I think one of the other recent projects you recently did was one of the light poles outside of the Cranford Library for Dr. Seuss's birthday, the red and white stripes. Tell us about some of the other projects. And are they all public art projects? Or do you do any volunteer knitting for some other charity or anything like that? Part of our love storm now has evolved. Um, We do the fundraising through selling the messages that go on the hearts in the gazebo. We also do a food drive. And we added uh, last year a knit drive but we were accepting uh, hand crocheted and knitted goods to donate to Elizabeth Coalition to House the Homeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take those from everybody. It's not just the yarn stormers doing that. But most of our projects are public art projects or part of the town projects like the Scarecrow Stroll, you know, which is great. And we have a pride storm in June that we hope to have back up this year. We're trying to focus our efforts a little bit because we have a big group, but everyone's kind of busy. So turning the projects around can be challenging. So we started um, moving the the projects around to different locations to see where they look different. Last year we did, we were requested to do a yarn bomb in Union. There's a yarn store up there and they asked us to do the street for the New Jersey wool walk. So we did that. That was a lot of fun for everybody. And then we took those projects and I try to reuse a lot of our projects as much as I can, because I don't like to waste. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of yarn. So we reuse them sometimes in different ways, sometimes just in a new location, it looks different. So Mm -hmm. for the last two summers, we decorated Nomahegan Park around the lake. That's been a lot of fun and it brings a lot of new uh, viewers to our work. And then we also did, we wanted to disperse it throughout Cranford a little bit. So that's why we did the library. The Dr. Seuss piece, we just happened to have from another project and it was perfect for them. What else have we done? We, we did some down on, um, we did part of the bunny hop last year, which is a new thing in Cranford. We'll be participating in that again. So that's been fun. One of my favorite installations that we've done is at Hanson Park. You know, it's a lovely little park. We walk through there a lot. And um, I thought it'd be fun to do something in there. And it turned out so wonderful. I, I reused all projects that we had. And we were able to put them all in spots near benches so people could just sit and enjoy the work. And we were able to use the work in a new way. So it looked different. So that was a lot of fun. And I have to say, my husband, not only is he very supportive of the work that I do, but none of these installations could take place without him. Because I always have a crazy idea. And then it's really up to him to figure out how (laughs) this stuff is going to go up and not fall down or (laughs) be dangerous to anybody. So he helps us with all of that. You mentioned that you also teach at the community center, teach people how to knit. Tell me a little bit about that, please. I do. That's been a lot of fun. I started that, um, well, I started that before COVID. That's how I met a lot of my knitting friends. Unfortunately, I had to stop for a year or a year and a half, however long, but I'm back at it again. So I teach adults and kids 
And I really enjoy the process. I call it no stress knitting because, you know, it, it teaches patience. And I, I tell everyone, you have to be patient with yourself. It's not about perfection. It's about, you know, learning the process and it'll come, give it time, just practice and don't be stressed out about it. If it doesn't look good, you rip it out and start again. It's not the end of the world, <laughs> you know? And everyone learns at their own pace. Some people pick it up very quickly and some people takes a little longer, but everyone gets there if they want to put the time in to practice. And I've met a lot of great people doing it and I'm trying to single-handedly turn all of Cranford into knitters. <laughs> <laughs> One person at a time. So I hope to see you in my class, Bernie. <laughs> I have had no experience with, but maybe I could learn. <laughs> Of course you can. Anybody can, if they want to. <laughs> you know, one of the things I was surprised at when I saw it around the gazebo, for instance, and this was in February when we sometimes get snow, maybe not this year, but past years we've had snow mm-hmm. and rain and such. These things uh, stand up surprisingly well, at least surprisingly well to me, that it doesn't get ruined when it gets rained on. We use acrylic yarn for that reason because it dries quickly and uh, we use larger stitches. So there's a lot of air going through it. I've had no problems with it. And again, I have a great installation person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I'm very proud of is that our art projects have inspired additional art projects. Stephanie, the artist framer, mm-hmm. she painted the love storm one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was very exciting. And there was another artist who um, also did a piece for Stephanie's, her annual slice of life per show. So that's been really fun to see other artists be inspired by the art that we've put out there. For someone who's listening to this, who maybe is a knitter mm-hmm. and would like to join, or maybe they're even not a knitter and they would like to learn and be part of uh, the Yarn Stormers, how might they get involved? I asked people to email me and... We're setting up a website. It's not quite there, but I can be found on social media and they can contact me there. You know, it's pretty basic. I put out a project. If you want to take part in it, if it fits your skill set and your time, you can be a part of it. If you want to wait till another one, you can do that too. That's fine. Well, one of the it's things a very well, open group. That's great. Well, one of the things that I will have in the show notes is a link to your Facebook page that has Facebook and Instagram. I'm on. Yes, that'd be great. We'll have them both linked in the show notes. So anyone who's listening to this and wants to go to the show notes, they can find out all the information and how to get in contact with you. Anything else that we uh, haven't talked about that you'd like to have mentioned? We have some exciting things coming up, but I can't share anything because I do like the element of surprise with our work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that that element of surprise, you, you know, you talked about you got permission from downtown. I remember a story I read a number of years ago, and it was down around Cape May, maybe West Cape May. There were these women who were anonymous, but they would just yarn bomb different places around town. (laughs) Yes, and that is true yarn bombing is to be more stealthy about it. But I have discovered it's easier to work with the downtown group than not. So, um, you know, I very upfront, this is what I want to do. I will take care of everything. Nothing is ever damaged. You know, we're just going to keep it up for a short period of time. And they've been great about approving it. 
you never know. You might see some stealthy stuff around from us eventually. <laughs> but when I put out a um, project to the ladies, I, I always tell them, and men are welcome to join too, but I don't have the many men leaders, but right now it's all ladies. They have to keep it quiet. No talking about it, no putting it on social media because we <laughs> want it to be a surprise when it's out, when it's introduced so that people come out and just see it naturally. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for how you are beautifying, you and your friends, the other yarn stormers are beautifying Cranford. It's something that, again, I think makes Cranford special. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio with Teresa Murray. She is the founder and yarn boss for the Cranford Yarn Stormers. Teresa, thanks so much for being my guest. Thanks for having me, Bernie. It was a lot of fun.